Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. All right, we're good to go, and we're going to get started. So, join me in prayer, and we are going to get this Spirit Life going here tonight. Lord, we thank you for your presence in our life. We thank you for uh, your hand of protection. We ask that you would open our spiritual eyes and our ears. We ask you, Father, that you would, uh, wherever we're watching from, that you would bring peace into our home, that your angels would surround our properties and protect all that's near and dear to us, that, Father, we would really have uh, an understanding of who you are in our life, that, God, every obstacle, every distraction would be silent, that we would be able to hear your word, and really press into what you're doing. Father, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. There's my wife, Jenny. All right, so turn me to James chapter 4. Uh, and we're going to recap a little bit of the last two weeks now. It's been about uh, submitting to God and resist the enemy, and he will flee. And so we start in verse 6. But he gives a greater grace, therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble, submit yourself to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. And draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. So tonight, we are on, let me change my version here, we are on verse 8 tonight about resist the enemy, and he will flee. And so we learned that we need to be, grace is given to those uh, that are humble. So the first night, we learned about being humble and submitting to God. Uh, we learned about subjection uh, ourselves to the authority of God. You know, we've covered a lot in the last two spirit lives. So if you haven't got a chance to listen to them, go listen to them. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, drawing near to God, and he will draw near to you. And one the way, hey, Mr. Gary's on. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm going to keep looking over time to time. So if you hear me, do. if you're listening to the podcast, what I'm doing is I'm uh, looking at the comments there. Sorry about that. And YouTube, uh, same thing. Uh, we eventually are going to get to where we can see those comments and talk to you on YouTube as well. And we're excited as we keep growing, which while I'm on it, thank you for all your support financially, spiritually, praying, everything you've been doing. Thank you very much. Uh, the ministry is growing and we've really been excited for what God's doing. And uh, we'll talk more about that at the end. But back on track. Verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So I want to take you with me to Acts chapter 8. Look at an example uh, what I believe, and I think a lot of you have noticed, and we've been talking about it, not just tonight, but in a lot of the teachings you've been hearing, and uh, there's other ministers out there preaching as well. We're in a time of social media and videos all over the place, as we're doing tonight, and, and people can have a platform, really just need a camera and a mic and uh, you know a small program, and you can be live right on the internet and just streaming your content, and you can be talking about what you believe is true, uh, what you believe God is doing. And you really don't have to have any kind of uh, evidence of a calling or gifting. You don't really need any validation because uh, you can pretty much self-promote very easy now in 2024. And one of the things that pressing into God, we just read in James 4, 8, draw near to God. One of the things about drawing near to God is getting close to God and building that relationship. You know, patience and perseverance and going through what God has for you, going through the process. We all have a process. Everyone in the Bible has gone through a process. Uh, no one just arrived. Everybody did what God told them to do. Everyone who was obedient did. And they went through a process of growth and maturing 
And as we talked about, even Jesus, you know, 33 years before ministry started, he was submissive, uh, submitted to his parents and to the Lord. He grew in favor with the Father and with man. So there's a lot of uh, evidence all through your Bible of a process and not skipping it and going through what God has prepared for you and I and everyone who's called from God to be able to do. So uh, we don't start at the top. Actually, if you look at ministry, uh, the least will become the greatest. In other words, the one who serves, uh, the one who pours out is the one God promotes. And if you do it out of false humility, we know that you know the Lord knows your motive. So that's not something you want to get into. You want to do it out of a place of a genuineness that you actually want to submit and we see the example of Jesus washing the feet, uh, even of the one who was going to betray him. So there's evidence all through the Bible, all through history of scriptural and biblical history. Uh, we submit and we draw close to God. And as we draw close to God, our gifting and our uh, calling start to come alive and be developed. And one way we resist the enemy, I know I'm jumping from James uh, back to Acts, but one way we resist the enemy and he will flee from you is we draw near to God. And he'll draw near to us. And as we get closer to God, the enemy gets farther away. Because the enemy doesn't want to be near God. We talked about the armor last week in Ephesians. About having the armor on and understanding of all that. And again, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the last two, you really want to go back uh, and grab a hold of those and listen to them along with tonight. So turn me to Acts chapter 8. What's happening in the culture we live in, in Acts chapter 8. I believe we're going to start in verse 14. We are at where anyone can have a microphone and have a platform. So basically anyone can be a teacher of the word. It doesn't mean you're accurate, but it can be a teacher. And we have conferences, not all of them are bad, but we have some conferences where people uh, will tell you, and I use this number all the time, 49.95, they'll lay hands on you and you'll become an apostle or a prophet or evangelist or whatever uh, you believe that you are. And most people come up to the conclusion in their heart of what they are, by taking spiritual tests, by taking a piece of paper that has some questions on them, you answer them, you add up your numbers or however that would work, and you find out this is what I am. Well, we are what God calls us to be. Uh, we are the gift that God's given us, all from the same place, but different diversities and expressions of that gift. And that's what we are. We're not what we want to be. We want or want to line up to what we're called to be. Okay, We're not what we want to be. We want or want to be lined up to what we're called to be because what we actually are is who God says we are. Self-esteem in the world is full of many odd places to find it, but really self-esteem in a Christian is actually called identity and called worth. Our worth uh, and our in life and our purpose is found in our identity and our identity is in Jesus. That is our identity. It's in Christ. And so self-esteem in a Christian sense would be better explained as our worth or our value and our value comes from our identity which is found in Christ so we, we find this in him and so as we're drawn close to God we'll find identity we'll find purpose uh, we'll find the reason we're here and we could use the word self-esteem I don't really like that because our, our self-esteem kind of sounds like it's from us how we esteem ourselves but it's really our identity in God that's what's important is that we grab a hold of the importance of who we are in God. And that's really where it comes from. And so we have this and we, we venture into a place where we draw closer to God. And as we draw closer to God, we start to get identity. We start to get where we would have worth. We have value. And because of that, we will flee from the enemy because the things of the world lose their appeal. I know I said a lot and I was saying it fast. And that's all going to connect back to watching these videos online 
these conferences for $49.95. I, I know I'm just making that up just to give you an example. And going out and getting hands laid on you or purchasing a gift, uh, being an apostle or prophet or pastor, whatever it is that you believe you're called to be, which is not how that works. It's not from a test or a piece of paper. They may validate or help uh, prove in your life what you believe God's called you. But ultimately, what it is is what we embrace who God has made us to be. And we don't skip the process. So one of the things we've got to talk about, especially in this time, is the temptation to purchase the gift of God, to purchase um, our a calling or identity or a title. And this is not new. This has been going around and since, you know, way back in the book of Acts. And we want to look at this and we want to look at our life. And I, just, I gave you a heads up. I mean, this is a hard one. Tonight's going to hit some heartstrings. Not trying to step on any toes, but we're going to cover some topics uh, that uh, may get you to say, hmm, man, that's something to think about, right? So Acts 8, verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then he began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw the Spirit had been bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, in other words, it was given through it, he offered them money, All right, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone whom I lay my hands on will receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you suppose that you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Now listen to this. He's saying, this is this act demonstrated where your heart is not right with God. So because you thought you could buy it, now there's a lot of sin in this story about um, wanting to buy it and uh, the using of the gift for personal gain and profit and not wanting God in it. But what Peter's picking out here is that your heart is not right. So the main point or the arrow focus of his attention, right? The, the point of it is your heart is not right with God. And that's the problem. Your heart's not right with God. It's impossible to draw close to God. It's impossible to draw intimacy with him if your heart is not right trying to buy it. And so we see here an example of somebody who says, I want what you have, but I don't want to do anything to get it. Well, it's not entirely true. He wants to do something to get it. But what he wants to do is he wants to be able to buy it. He doesn't want to go through a process like the disciples did, like Peter did. Look what Peter went through. Peter went through a lot to have that position with God. Now, he didn't earn the position. He went through a lot in obedience and submission. And because of that, he grew closer to the Lord. And as you grow closer to the Lord, what happens is more understanding. There's more anointing that you can, you can grasp. In other words, it's always there, but we don't understand it. There's more knowledge. Uh, there's more revelation. And when all that happens, you resist the enemy more and you become uh, spiritually mature. You seem like you can handle situations a lot better. You seem like you can uh, handle life's problems better, right? And we would say, well, that person has it all worked out. I don't know about all worked out, but the closer you get to God, uh, the more mature and the more you seemingly, you know, on the outward, you can see what's on the inside. So you seemingly seem like things are working out more, but what's really happening is you are growing closer to him with knowledge and understanding and maturity and all these things. And because of that, your walk is different. Right? It's not that things are any better. It seems like they may be, but it doesn't matter because your walk is different. I mean, think of the three Hebrew boys thrown into a fire. 
Uh, their situation wasn't any better, but it seemingly may have been if you were in the outside appearance looking in when the roasts were burned off. Well, yeah, that definitely seems to be a lot better, but uh, that's a knowledge and understanding of relationship to get to that part of being able to have that faith and that understanding of who God is and jumping in that fire. Extreme example, but you know what I mean. In our life, as we get closer to God, as we draw into Him, as we draw near to Him, things that we go through on the outward, people are like, ah, oh, it seems like everything's getting better. It doesn't mean it's getting better. It just means that the person going through it has developed maturity and character, uh, understands anointing, and they know how, to, like last week, they know how to wear the armor. And so it seems that, wow, they're really maturing and growing and moving forward because of drawing close to God. And here's an example where uh, Simon answer said, pray earnestly, Lord, for me yourself, so that nothing of what you said may come upon me, because he was trying to buy the gift. So he's saying, now you guys got to pray for me, because I don't want, uh, you know, I don't want this thing to happen to me. I don't want this to perish. I don't want to die. So pray and ask God for it to be taken away. There's a lot of this right now trying to buy the gifts of God. We're trying to buy them in many ways. We're trying to buy them with money. We're trying to buy them with uh, linking in with people, attaching herself to people, attaching herself to ministries. Uh, we're trying to buy by uh, becoming important. In other words, buying the position with the importance of who we are. And there's, you know, no matter how you word this or lay it out, the end result is in our heart, right? We want to make sure we keep this part right. Our heart is not right. And when your heart's not right, nothing else matters. You're not going to draw close to God. And someone whose heart's not right with God is very, very, very easy uh, for the enemy to come in and to attack. And not uh, to be unsuccessful at attacking you, but to be very successful at attacking you if your heart's not right with God. Think about the statement. If your heart's not right with God, even if you're a Christian and your heart's not right with God, you're lining up with a heart against God. Now, you know what I'm going to say to that. If your heart's not for God, against God, the enemy and you kind of start to work together because your heart's not for God. It doesn't matter what part your heart is not right before God in. In other words, if it's not right in any area, you want to fix it. Whether it's unforgiveness or whether it's because you don't want to go through the process, whether it's because of pride or because you've arrived and you shouldn't have to do this, or whatever the reason may be, you know, if your heart's not right, your heart's not right. I know it's simple there, but if it's not right, it's not right. The reason may be important because we want to find out what happened in your life to make you to resist this much or authority or not wanting to submit to God or uh, wanting to skip the process or believing you arrived. Like what happened in you that's creating that? Now that's worth going through. We can't get into it tonight, but what we can talk about a little bit more before we uh, wrap this up is, you know, you, you can't buy the gifts. And even if you bought the gift, and I'm not saying you can, but for conversation, if you bought the gift, you wouldn't have no idea how to use it. Like you wouldn't have understanding because you didn't grow into it to get it. And so think about the process of, you know, let's, okay, we're talking about fishermen, Peter, right? So you have a boat and you go out and you learn how to fish and you have the counterweight on the boat so you can pull the net up. It doesn't flip the boat. You learn how to win with your sail and you learn how to read the tide and uh, the tide and you, you read uh, the water and all this stuff. And you say, well, oh, they really do all that. Absolutely. Uh, good fishermen know where the fish are. And this is before sonar and GPS. So they're doing this all by sight and feel and what they were taught by the wind and the tide and the current and all that. And if you think about it, it's pretty impressive uh, for the very primitive way that fishing was done way back here in the time of the Bible with Peter. Uh, and 
we look at it and say, well, he could just give you a boat and a net and tell you to go out and fish. True, but you wouldn't have any understanding in it. And so the first time there was an issue with the boat, you wouldn't know why. And the first time there's an issue with the sail or the wind or the net or there's no fish, you, you wouldn't know why. You only simply know how to pull in the fish. Now let's use ministry for a minute. Let's say, Lord, uh, you go to a conference and you want to buy the gift of prophecy. So you leave the conference and you can prophesy. And so every time you prophesy, you're getting it wrong. You don't know why you're getting it wrong. Every time you prophesy, you seem to always be on a negative, but you don't know why it's negative. You're not sure what spirit out of you're doing it from. Uh, you're not sure the difference between you all can prophesy and the office of a prophet. In other words, there's a lot of things you wouldn't know if, and I'm, I'm not saying you can do it, it's just for conversation, if you could go buy the gift. How dangerous would it be to have the gift of the Holy Spirit that you could lay your hands and give it to people, uh, like Simon one here, but have no understanding of the Holy Spirit? In other words, not understanding that he's holy, right? What his job is to convict and to guide and to lead. How we get the Holy Spirit. After uh, Jesus comes into our life and cleanses, we become a new creation. We get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not knowing any of that, imagine uh, how harmful it would be if you just went around and just threw your hands on people and say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, trying to give it to them. And if you've been around any charismatic type churches or meetings, you've seen people just screaming and yelling fire and rolling around and Holy Spirit and this and that. Uh, and you think, you know, you feel a little like, I don't know, something's off. You know, a lot of times there is something off. Not all the time, but a lot of time. And what we're noticing is there's just, there's no understanding. It's like there's no relationship. They have no idea who they're talking about or the value of the relationship. They're just trying to throw the Holy Spirit around and, and, and even the gifts, right? And Jesus, some people use his name and don't even know him. The Bible says, depart from me. I didn't know you, even though we cast out demons uh, healed the sick, raised the dead, right? Jesus says, depart from me. So all through the Bible, we see examples of the seven sons of Sceva trying to do deliverance by the name of Jesus who didn't even know. So this is not uncommon, unfortunately. And in the time we live in, it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. Anyone can be anything, get a mic and this and up, and you're going. Uh, you can buy online anything you want. You can buy a license online to be a prophet. You can buy a license to be an apostle, a preacher, a teacher. You can buy anything you want. Uh, you can buy the outfits. You can buy the collar. And I'm not, uh, you know, listen, I know. You probably know people. I'm not trying to step on toes. Just give you examples. You can buy communion sets. You can buy pulpits. You can buy uh, all the things you would need to robes if you wanted to for church. In other words, you can buy all the stuff. You can look the part. You can buy holy oil if or holy water. You can buy oil. You know, and listen, I'm just throwing this stuff out there. I'm not saying I agree and I don't with any of this stuff, but I'm just telling you, we know this. And if you have the internet, if you're alive now, you know it's everywhere. And almost every ad you see, uh, you know, demon busters or demon slayers or anointing this or learn how to heal or learn how to raise the dead or all of these different things. And then there's a price underneath it. And when you're done, you get a certificate that you graduated from the school of healing or the school of, um, you know, whatever it is. And it's not, it's not to be certified in a sense of we can trust you, right? Like Christian counselor certification. That's important because you don't want to go to a weird counselor. So the idea of this in the beginning was that we would have people who went through something and got a degree, diploma, something, recognition that we could say you are trustworthy. Uh, we can validate what you have, like being ordained. I'm ordained with Roberts, and you know I have a certificate that says he believes I'm called by God and licensed and ordained. And that should give you comfort. I'm not just a weirdo out there in the street uh, with a piece of paper I printed offline and signed it. And that's important because 
the Bible says we build off of the foundation of the ones who went before us. And we do. And so we want to always be connected to the ones that have been building the foundation. Well, connection of ones who build the foundation mean that you'll help build and lay the foundation. You will be a part of that. Right? You don't just become the foreman on a, on a whole crew laying bricks to build a wall. You become first the guy carrying the bricks and probably the one mixing up the concrete and you, you work your way up. Why? Because they don't like you? No, because they want you to understand the process. They want you to understand what you're doing and have your hands a part of it. And by the time you get to a foreman position, again, if there's a problem with the wall, if it was crooked or falling down or whatever, you would know how to fix it because you have experience of going through the process. Jesus lived 30 years or 33 years and started ministry and he had parents, he lived and he ate and he slept and he was in the dirt and he did everything we do. He knew what it was like to be human and the Bible tells us we have a high priest who can sympathize or understand what we're going through because he knows. He came out of heaven. Think about that. I mean, he came out of heaven, came through a womb and went through the whole process. He didn't have to. He could have just came straight down and went to the cross. We could say he could have did it a different way. But even God shows us that Jesus as the example. And when Satan was trying to tell Jesus, just skip it, he said, nope. You know, when he was trying to tempt him in the garden. And then when Peter said, I'm not going to let you, I'm paraphrasing, and the Lord rebuked him, Jesus again said, nope. And in the garden, when he sweat and drops of blood, and he said, if there's any other way, but if not, your will be done, he still didn't skip it. So he never skipped the process. He went through it. And we are supposed to go through it. The good and the hard, we're supposed to go through it. And we don't just buy it. You know, my question to you tonight, you know, what have you bought? And whatever it is that you bought, it's not going to work. And it's not going to keep working. And it's not a sign of drawing closer to God. It's a sign of drawing away from God. Because you're skipping what is of value to God. And when we skip what is of value to God... We're drawing away from God. All right, I'm married, and I know it's a value to my wife, Jenny. And if I skip what's a value to her just to get something from her, she'll, she'll connect that pretty quick. And she'll know that I'm not interested or value her. I value what I want from her. Okay, And so people can see it. God can see it. You know, It doesn't take, you know, say, rocket science. But you know what I mean? It doesn't take a lot of intelligence to figure out when someone's using something to get something. And Simon here is trying to use money to get a gift. What are you using in your life and what are you trying to get? Because if what you're trying to get is not what God called you to get, you're wasting your time because even if you got it, which it would be a fakeness, but if you got it and God doesn't want you to have it, it will not produce fruit in your life. And if you are supposed to have it, but you're trying to get it in a way that you're not supposed to get it, well, God is a God of order. God is not the author of confusion. God is holy, right? He's, he's, he's God. He's going to have you go through the process. So whatever you paid or whatever you spent, it's not going to count uh, as time in, as time into the process. It's a complete waste of your time. And in fact, it's going to open a spiritual door to where your heart not being right with God, like we were reading here, your heart's not right before God, your heart's going to be prime for the enemy to pull it away from God. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to say, well, but there should be a reverence in our life. And, and let's, let's take it down a notch or two, just to calm down for, for 
conversation, but if you're married and you're only doing things for your spouse to get something from you, I'm not telling you that to scare you that they're going to catch on and notice it and it might ruin your relationship, but there's a high probability that it's going to ruin your relationship because they're going to catch on. And what happens in a relationship marriage when relationships get ruined? Uh, usually people's eyes start looking at someone else, their heart goes to someone else because they're so great and so wonderful and they give me all this stuff and they spend time with me. Well, no, what we're saying is you're willing to go through the process with them and what happens? It ends up pulling you away from your marriage and you go down a horrible road and it leads to very bad fruit. And for anyone who's gone down that road, be encouraged, God can and does redeem his mercy and his grace and his love never fails. So don't give up. Uh, I'm not telling you that so that you give up. But if we did it with God, at the same time, there's a, a probability that you will get pulled away from God. And as you get pulled away from God, you'll get pulled towards something. And if you get pulled towards something, you'll get pulled towards the enemy. You'll get pulled away from God because there's either for God or against God. There's no gray area. So I encourage you tonight uh, that you would take time and find out what have you tried to buy. And then ask yourself this question. And I know, I know it's a hard conversation to have. I'm not saying it's not. But ask yourself, what have you tried to buy? And then ask yourself, why? Why, why did I want to skip it? Why did I want to buy it? In other words, there had to be something in here. And I'm going to end on this. And it might take me a little bit. So I'm just telling you I'm going to end. But it might take me a minute to end on this. There obviously was some value in what you were trying to get, right? So Simon here sees a value in laying his hands on people and giving them the Holy Spirit, right? He sees value in that, but not value in the process. So whatever you tried to buy, you saw value in that, but you don't see enough value in the process. And we wanna look at those two things. What did I try to buy and why did I try to buy it? In other words, why am I not interested in the process, but I do, in fact, understand that I, I see the value in what I'm going after. I just don't see the value in the process. And whatever the reason is in there is where your heart's not right with God. So whether someone hurts you, your heart's not right with God. Whether a church hurt you, your heart's not right with God. Whether it was your childhood, your, hurt, your heart's not right with God. Uh, whether you're just impatient, your heart's not right with God. Whether it's pride, your heart's... Whatever the reason is, outside of God, your heart's not right with God. Now, if your problem is with God, then we need to pray with you that you would get saved tonight, you would get born again, that you would meet Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you would give your life to the Lord. But if you've already done that, then anything else that you have allowed in your life that would make you still value the goods, but not value the process, that is a direct attack of the enemy against your heart. I want you to hear me on this very clear. Whatever you are valuing that you want after and you tried to buy it, but you don't value the process and you are a born-again Christian, in other words, Jesus Christ lives in you, you're a new creation, then that is the direct attack of the enemy against your heart. He's trying to pull your heart away from God. You would be better to lose whatever you bought, throw it away, Throw it away. Just throw it away and not have anything and get your heart right with God. Then you would be to live your life giving from a place 
that is not from the right source. All right, now listen to me. Just because something may call itself God, if it's not from God, and you obtained it without the process, and you know you obtained it without the process, then what you have is not of God. And what you are giving to people is not of God. If it did not come from God, it cannot be from God or of God, even if it sounds like it is. I hope you hear that. So if you're a pastor, uh, if you're a prophet, evangelist, apostle, a teacher, uh, whatever you are, uh, you know, if you have it without the process and you bought it, you bought it with however we don't have time to go on that, but you bought it and you, you own that title and that you own that, but you did not get it by the process, then what you have is not of God. So everything you give from that place, you are giving something that is not of God. Now, I'm not going to say it's demonic. However, I will say, and I'm asking you this so you can answer it in your own life, if something's not from God, where else did it come from? Right? Okay, if we're talking ministry things and it's not from God, where else did it come from? If Simon here tries to buy this gift and he can't get it, and so he goes and buys someone who will sell him the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, nobody from God, nobody who knows God will ever sell the gift of God because they know the value is not in the, the goods, the values in the relationship. Anyone who knows God, Peter knows God, he's not going to sell the gift. He'll never do that because he knows the value of relationship is worth more than that gift. Anyone who tells you the gift is worth more than a relationship does not have the Spirit of God in them. They do not have it. Nobody who has ever met Jesus Christ would ever tell you that anything is greater than him. No matter what the outward manifestation, no matter what the outward gift would be, no matter what the outward praises of men, because Jesus turned all of them down. Peter turned them down. Everyone Paul turned down. Everyone who serves God will always decide in their heart that there is nothing more valuable than a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing. And so if you find someone that will sell it to you, run. Because they don't know God. And yes, I'm saying that very plainly. If you find someone who's willing to make you something for a price, run. Because it's not from God. Nobody who knows God would ever value what you get more than who you get to know or who you know, right? Relationship of Jesus Christ is worth so much more than anything that you could ever buy. All right? And so if you bought something, it's not from a man or woman of God. And if you bought it, though it may be called it, it's not from God. It is not from God. Now remember this. What we have from God is a gift. And that gift is given as we go through the process of maturing, as we grow in favor of the Lord and favor of man. So ask yourself tonight, what have I bought? What am I trying to buy? Why am I doing that? And what, uh, you know, what is the reason of my heart? What's the reason of my heart? That's, that's the, the number one question. What is the reason your heart that is not right with God? Now, I'm not considering or calling myself Peter. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm equal to Peter. But I am going to pray for people tonight. I'm going to pray for anyone who needs this prayer. Uh, where he said, But Simon answered and said in verse 24, Pray earnestly to the Lord for me yourself, 
so that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Because Peter said, May your silver perish with you, because you supposed you could attain the gift of God with money. Now the reason why that's there, and I mean biblically, but let's lock it into a verse. Jesus has come to give life and give life more abundantly. But the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And when you buy or try to buy a gift, you not only shook hands with the enemy and his path of kill, steal, and destroy, but you paid him to do it. Now hear that. You didn't just shake hands with the enemy in the path of kill, steal, and destroy. You paid the enemy to do that. Now I know what I said here tonight is strong. And I know it's going to step on a lot of toes. Now, I understand that. And you can get upset with me. I don't want you to, but you can. But the word of God is true. And what we read here in Simon about buying a gift is truth. And we understand that God is very real. And God is very serious about his process and his ways. In fact, in the Antioch church, two drop dead for lying. I mean, God is serious. And if you have bought a gift, if you've tried to go get it and you have it, what you're giving to people, one, is not God. Two, it is not a gift from God. Three, your heart is not right with God. And you have purchased an agreement with the enemy that he kills, steals, and destroys. And I want to pray with you tonight that these things do not come upon you. That you would learn to draw close to God so you can resist the enemy. And, and if it's you, just repent. In other words, that means ask the Lord for forgiveness. Tell him you're sorry. Renounce whatever it is that you bought. Get rid of it. Stop doing it. Just stop doing it. Get rid of it. Well, what if I'm, uh, you know, I have a ministry online and I, and, and I bought, just stop. You're called, you're called, God will make a way. You don't need to do it yourself. God will make a way. The Bible says your gift will put you in front of kings and queens, in front of great men and women. You don't have to do it. God will do it in God's time. Well, what if I only reach one person? Then that's who God called you to. Be happy and do like Philip to the eunuch. Just go to the eunuch and be happy. Don't worry about all this other stuff. What if God calls you to a million? Then you'll get to a million. But what does it matter? Our calling is obedience and our calling in our heart is to serve Jesus because of relationship. We value that. Amen. I want to pray with you. Listen to this a couple of times. You might need to pass around uh, your friends and family. Uh, you know, help us share it to people because this is a real issue uh, in our now social media. Anyone can make a video days. And so we want to make sure that we're not lining up with the enemy. We want to make sure that we're not buying stuff. We want to make sure that what we're giving is of God. We do not want to be caught one day meeting Jesus and say, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do this in your name? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. So uh, I want to pray with you. And, and I apologize uh, on uh, behalf of you know all of us out there, myself included, who have ever been hurt or affected by people who have bought it. Uh, you know, maybe apologies, what we all need to hear from ourselves and to each other. And it wouldn't hurt to say, hey, uh, maybe I was a part of this at one time, or maybe I've been affected by it. But the great thing about God is once we recognize what we've done, or once we recognize how we've been hurt, we can move on and ask for forgiveness, have that grace in our life, that mercy in our life, and we can just get back on with God moving forward and get that, that connection with the enemy broke off our life and move forward, building the kingdom of God. Amen? So let me pray with you. We're going to pray along uh, Acts 24. We're going to pray earnestly uh, that nothing of this may come upon us. And if that's you tonight, if you bought it, I'm, I'm not upset with you. I'm just trying to give you the word of God here and say, hey, stop doing it. 
uh, get rid of it, burn it, denounce it, throw it away. Just break ties with it. And trust God. God will promote you in due time. If we are patient, if we are steadfast with him, we cannot fail. God makes everything work to the good for those who are called according to his purpose. You do not have to make it happen. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for tonight. We ask for anyone out there who has bought it or has been partaker of it or has been on the other end of it, uh, that tonight, Father, we would renounce it. They would throw it away. They would get rid of it. Uh, they would say, I don't want any parts of this, Father. And we would pray according to this scripture in Acts 24, 8, 24, that these things would not come upon them, that the enemy would not kill, steal, and destroy over their life, that there would be a divide against that, that they would break this open door off their life tonight. They would turn their heart back to you, and they would sit down with you and find out why their heart is not right with you. What caused this? What created this? Uh, what birthed this whole thing to begin with? And Father, we know you're good. We know you're merciful. We know you're kind. We know you're full of grace. And so, Father, we know with confidence tonight that you are going to restore these people back into a right relationship with you and move forward just like it never happened. We thank you, God. We thank you for those that you're touching tonight, those whose hearts are turning. And we ask anything that was done in your name that wasn't of you, uh, that no one would be hurt in it, that you would reach out to them, that you would get into their hearts as well. And Father, there would be no damage in the kingdom, that it would grow continuously forward. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I see Angie and Debbie. Uh, there's a lot going there. Donna, I'm sorry if I missed some of you. And uh, Someone asked me the other day about uh, you know, New Testament prophets or apostles or pastors. And I said, well, Ephesians tells us that we're to equip the body of Christ. And so our job is to equip. And one of the things prophetically we do is we warn. And we try to call people back to God. And we take one of these issues that other people don't want to talk about. But, you know, we have to address these things and deal with them before one day and we don't know when. It's not a scare tactic. It's reality. We don't know when. But either the Lord's going to return or we're going home. And, you know, if you love people, if you care, whether you're prophetic or apostolic, it doesn't matter what your gifting is. you got to love people. You know, you use your calling, your gifting, and you warn people. And you help guide them back to a place of restoration. And so as the Lord in this year, I believe, is going to keep shaking the house. And I believe that is the word for this year. He's going to shake his house to church. And there's going to be a lot of people saying what needs to happen back and forth. But I want to encourage you. God never calls prophets to only tell you what's wrong. God always calls prophets to say what's going on, but he gives the solution of how to fix it. Don't waste your time listening to people that only tell you what's wrong or tell you how bad it is. If they don't have the answer, don't listen to them because God is not an author of confusion. He is not a mean God. He would not tell you something and not give you the answer. So I believe there's going to be more and more prophets in this coming year, giving warnings and corrections and possibly rebukes about coming back to the Word of God, coming back to truth, but they're going to have the answer. And so tonight we heard, don't buy the gift, but what's the answer? God's full of mercy and grace. Let's repent, let's get rid of it, and let's move forward. There's always got to be the answer. In other words, uh, anyone used of God may know the problem, but they have to have the solution. If they don't have the solution, don't listen to them talk about the problem. Right, amen? So make sure I tell you that. 
and as always, go to our website, pffministries.org, and you can find out everything about us there. And let's again, we appreciate your support. We appreciate your prayer. Uh, and someone asked me the other day, and I know uh, I don't get to all these questions, I apologize, but can I give just a little, you can give any amount you want. Anything in the kingdom helps, and so there's no amount uh, too big or too small. It's just if you want to support us with prayer, you can go right there and partner with us in a ministry. You can also uh, support us financially, and you can share these videos and like and comment in YouTube and podcasts. That helps as much. And you know, listen, we thank all of you for all you're doing. Uh, and as we venture into this year, as the Lord opens platforms and keeps expanding ministry, we're going to need all of you to keep praying for us as we get out there. And the things that the Lord has showed me is going to happen uh, in my life and my wife as well. So we're excited. Thank you for all your support uh, with the ministry. Listen to this video again a couple times or the podcast while you're watching it. Listen to the last two as well. Put them all together. And uh, I want to see this year be something amazing for you. So trust God. Don't give up. And don't buy anything from anyone pertaining to the gift of God. You go after God in relationship, and you'll have more than you ever dreamed of or could imagine to begin with. Amen? Amen. God bless. God bless. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717 537 PFFM or email us at info at PFF Ministries.org. God bless.